Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It's us. We're back. It's the Too Late Update podcast. Uh, it's me again. It's Matthew Wynn. And I'm joined by, of course, uh, the jolly Kevin Jones and the ho-ho-hoed Chris Hodgkinson. I beg your fucking pardon. Uh, you are a ho-ho-ho. Fucking see you in court, mister. <laughs> well, you, you can try, but I have no money. So, this, that, yeah, so bring it. I've got nothing to lose because I have nothing. Um, not not sure that's how court works. I mean, <laughs> it's. It, it, I mean, it might do because uh, you can't. You know, I was going to go to a very dark place there, and I won't. Well, I will have the clothes <laughs> off your back. <laughs> I was going to say, I've broken. The, I've broken the law, but I have no money, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I haven't broken the law. I've broken a, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, a uh, civil statute, I suppose, or something like that. That would be what you get. And also, you can't prove that you're not ho-ho-ho-hodge is the important thing. Look, I saw what you're doing here. You're trying to say something provocative and law-based so you can give this episode another title that makes it sound like a legal-based podcast and get more <laughs> listens again. I mean, yeah, but uh, I'm uh, I, I'm gonna ask like what the, the uh, basically right every every uh, we've we've recently discovered that our top episode is the one that sounds a bit like it could be a true crime episode. Um, so now all of the episodes are going to be called something like the mysterious case of Kevin Jones or a Chris or. Or, or whatever happened to Chris Hodgkinson, or the dark secret of Matthew Wynn, along those lines, because we could deal, we could do with a lot more listeners. The fact that they'll only go, oh wait, this isn't true crime. This isn't, this isn't giving me that little frisson of uh, indulging in something dangerous, but being perfectly safe whilst I'm in my bath listening to it. Uh, these are three uh, middle-aged men. Nattering on about shit. <laughs> so... Did you also notice that in the on the um, Spotify rap, it did say your listeners' other top podcast themes? One of them was true crime. Yeah, it was. That's <laughs> brilliant. I love it. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, so uh, we we are the only podcast that uh, gets mistaken for a true crime podcast every other week. Uh, and we also uh, roll the dice uh, on a random month and year uh, to decide uh, what pop culture we're going to talk about. And uh, this time we're talking about December of 2003. Hodge, would you like to take us through the news for December of 2003? On the 9th of December 2003, the M6 toll motorway opens, giving the United Kingdom its first toll motorway and providing a northern bypass to the congested section of the M6 motorway through the West Midlands conurbation. See, already those true crime podcast listeners are fucking riveted. (laughs) (laughs) Well, stay stay tuned, true crime, because on the 10th of December... The Court of Appeal overturns two murder convictions against 40-year-old Wiltshire woman Angela Cannings, who was wrongly convicted of murdering her two baby sons in April last year. Or was she? Stay tuned. No, she was. Um, Miss Cannings, who has a surviving daughter, or does she? No, she does. Um, Always maintained that her sons were both victims of sudden infant death syndrome. 12th of December. Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones receives a knighthood from the Prince of Wales. December the 13th. Saddam Hussein. 
a former president of Iraq, is captured in the small town of Abdor by the US Army. Oh, I Seven remember that. In his yeah. little hole. He was in a hole. Yeah. Down in a hole. Where the dead men run and the children play kill by number. <laughs> 17th of December. It's not where I was going. <laughs> Everyone likes Gary Newman and true crime. That's they're the turn poles of all podcasts. I was thinking um, Alice in Chains. <laughs> okay. I was thinking down in the jungle where nobody goes. Down in the hole where nobody goes. There's a little Sir Dam just picking his nose. Seventeenth <laughs> <laughs> uh, of December. More true crime. Ian Huntley is found guilty of the Soham murders and sent him to life imprisonment at the Old Bailey. A high court judge will later decide on a maximum, sorry, the minimum number of years that he will have to serve before being considered for parole. His ex-girlfriend, Maxine Carr, is found guilty of perverting the course of justice and receives a jail term of three and a half years, but she will be freed on licence under a new identity to protect her from reprisal attacks. That's not funny, but halfway through that sentence, for some reason... Um, I thought I was going to say it under a new identity to protect this, to protect like someone else. Like she will rele- be released under like a kind of um, suicide squad style arrangement. <laughs> she will be released under a new identity to protect the UK from threats that they do not want to face. Um, sorry. In May 2004. <laughs> he's he's, he's gone. He's, yeah, he's gone. He's absolutely lost. In it. May 2004, she's already served 16 months on remand. Home Secretary David Blunkett orders an inquiry into how the police vetting system failed to prevent Huntley from getting a job in a school after it was revealed at the end of his trial that he had been suspected in the past of crimes including underage sex, rape, indecent assault, and burglary. I suppose the answer to that is if you're not convicted of a crime, there's no evidence because you haven't been convicted. Because that's um, how, how it was also because they they saw they saw that rap sheet and thought he they he'd make a good police officer. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably it. I mean, it's not. I don't really think. I don't know. We're straying into territory we're underqualified for, but I'm not really sure that's really the police's fault. Do you know what I mean because like there isn't a system in and rightfully. There's no system in place to go, you were accused of something and not found guilty of it, and therefore that's it to a record as a warning. Mm. Because, I mean, where do you where do you start recording that? Like, if you get free... I, yeah, it's, it's a... I mean? It, it's a really, it's a really tough uh, conversation to have, because... It's the benefit of hindsight, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is, because at the benefit of hindsight, you go, oh, well, this person's been, um, you know, suspected of multiple things. Well, if they've never been convicted for them, then they haven't been convicted for them. But at the other at the other end, if I was if I was the parents of, uh, yeah. of you know that this of my kids had been killed, I'd be like, what the hell, you know? Um, yeah. And that's where you get into the no smoke without fire sort of discussion. It's it's not an easy com like you're right you're right. It's not an easy conversation to have, and even us as an excellent true crime podcast have. Uh, don't really have the skills to really go into it. It feels a bit like David Blunkett just throwing the police under the bus of public opinion. Uh, probably because some because people will be will be sort of going, how was how can this have happened? No one's got an answer for that. No one's ever got an answer for this sort of thing happening. Um, people like to have blame. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily that it's anyone's fault, but it does happen. I mean, again, but that's my point of view because, like I say, if you're not if you're not convicted, 
how can you how can you have a record of a crime that you're not convicted of? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, there we go. On that note. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, um, the police can do their own bad PR. So, yeah, they're pretty I mean, good. Da- at it. David Blunkett doesn't need to bother. Oh, <laughs> no. I, I'm, look, let's not bash the police. Most of them are decent. Really. Like, we've got a few bad apples, but most of like we're not the states. Um, hmm. tough conversation. Yeah, uh, maybe I'm being more facetious. Um, uh, it's it. It's one of those things. I, I've got a lot of like. The police are are necessary, but they should be, um, you know, servants of the the public, not how to put it. Um, you know, that's I think there are different also like that sometimes. Let's put it this way: power corrupts, right? And the police have a lot of power, so not every. So unfortunately, not all police are going to be good. Is the the way I'd look at it. Anyway, right on to um, slightly less socially fraught topics. Um, the video games that came out in December of 2003. <laughs> Yay! Less fraught <laughs> topics. Um, probably no discussions here about the police. Uh, we're not even talking about Spider-Man. Um, I might cut that because that's a joke only about six people will get if they remember that one stupid bloody article from a couple of years ago. Um, well, it's been... I, uh, yeah, it's been re- referenced a lot in reviews of Spider-Man 2, isn't it? Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I, I don't think it matters that much. No. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it really doesn't. Um, you know. Uh, anyway, right. So, uh, Kev, actually, we're going to start with Kev. Uh, give us your pick for video games for the week, uh, for the week, for the episode, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, so I went with uh, Beyond Good and Evil, which has been in the news. Yeah. Um, so this game, I didn't realize it's twenty years old. This, it's, yeah. this, this, this now. It's twenty yeah. years old. This now, <laughs> as in um, a couple of days ago, wasn't it? It was yeah. twenty years old. Yeah. And they have released, or were going to release, or some people have played a, re- a, a, a re- not a remaster, but like a up-resed version of it. Oh. Um, and we, the the sequel's been in development hell for I don't know since the beginning of time. Yeah. Um, but the, the, there's a reason why people wanted the sequel. It's because this game is great. And have you two played it? No, I haven't. No. Oh, really? I think you'd both love it. Okay. Um, it was it's it was compared to Zelda. It's not quite the same, but it's one of those where you're it's like a hardy band of um, I can't remember that. One. I haven't played it for a long time. Um, but you're a like a band, bunch of kind of freedom fighters um you play as i think her name's jade yeah um uh and you basically just it's just doing like going to dungeons but in a more sort of futuristic sci-fi setting yeah whilst sort of having that like whimsical thing like your sidekick is a um talking pig who was like the breakout star and there's a bit of it where something bad happens to him and you're like no yeah no no i think i forget his name um, I've, I've forgotten his name. They were both in the the very recent um, Blood Dragon Ubisoft uh, show. Ah, yeah. Um, but like a, another big mechanic was the the camera. You, you played as basically um, a journalist, kind of trying to expose um, the what this. Um, let me. Um, it was yeah. a bit like 
it had like elements of like they lived, didn't it? It was like you know there were creatures amongst you, sort of thing, and you had to expose them and stuff. Mm. The the pig was called Page, Uncle Page, basically. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So there's this uh, there's these aliens that are sort of taking over. They're they're trying to take them down, um, and they're actually doing human trafficking, which oh, is what wow. happens to, to Page. Yeah, they they're taking people up to this. I think it's this base on the moon, um, but yeah, it's just it was a lovely game. Um, obviously, that's the human trafficking angle, but um, that played really well. It was you know if you didn't have a GameCube, it was probably the closest you're going to get to a Zelda style game. Though it's not quite the same, but it, was, it sort of felt like it lived in that sort of world a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah, um, very like a mixture of sci-fi and whimsy. I think. Um, yeah, uh, uh, the the camera mechanic was really interesting because I don't think many games had done that at the time where you like the camera was important. You had to take photos of things. I think you got um, not quite achievements, but you got graded on photos you took of this of the organization that sort of was doing battles oh, cool. on the planet. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, again, I should have. Again, we should do a little bit of research. But we only decided to record I, early today. Well, so um, it, it's worth knowing that as I, I've heard of um, Beyond Good and Evil. I've just yeah. it's weird. It's just one of those games I've just never played because I, I think I just passed it by. But anyone who has played it has nothing but good things yeah. to say about yeah. it. They're always like, yeah, but and they've all been waiting for uh, Beyond Good and Evil two f- since like the PS three era. I, and I, it's, I think since the original was made. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what? So I don't miss that. But what Kev was alluding to earlier about it being in the news recently. Did you Did you see what happened with the remake, Matt? No. What happened with the remake? Um, it hasn't been announced. Right. So you know how Ubisoft like to leak their own things. Yes. They like they outdid themselves this time by just accidentally releasing it on Ubisoft Plus. Oh right. Okay. And letting people play it and then playing it and going, ah shit, that's next year. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay. Um <laughs> Oh Ubisoft. It's just, they are a mess, aren't they? Of like you know, they are they they, they really need to get their life in order. <laughs> you know. Um and, and and you know, I think that also stands because you know, Beyond Good and Evil Two has been teased several times. Um Originally, it was going to be a straight sequel to the game, and then apparently it was going to be a prequel to the game, and then apparently it was going to be a prequel to the game with you know a ridiculous number of star systems and uh, and everything like this all existing at once. Yeah, and, do, I, uh, do I have a memory so, of Jason Gord of Levitt coming yeah. out on a stage to say, "Come help us develop Beyond Good"? And like, what are you yeah, doing? You could upload, Just, you could upload assets or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 Do some work for us, essentially. Yeah, st- well, can we? We're going to steal your graffiti. It's basically what happened. It's but like, you're going to give it. To, we're not going to steal it. You're going to give it to us. You're going to give it to us so that we can use it in our game, and we don't have to credit you or pay artists. It's amazing. It's the best. Um, yeah. You know. um, but there was a reason people really wanted the sequel. It was. It's. It's one of those cult games that didn't sell very well at the time, but not, not the people who played it loved it. Yeah, and yeah, when it, when it does get officially re-released, play it. It's good. It's also it's not very long. It's about fifteen hours, twelve fifteen hours, oh, cool. which you know, 
with not enough games of that length anymore. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, and it's a it's a fun. You know, you will you will want to get play the twelve fifteen hours, um, and you'll want to keep going. Um, yeah, each I think seem to think every area has sort of a different puzzles, which is where the Zelda thing you you sort of have to get through little puzzles to get through the next bit. Um, yeah, yeah, um, and Page is great. It's a bit like uh, you could probably say he's a bit like Greasy from. Oh, Jedi. okay. Yeah. Yeah, that sort of that um, gruff uncle character. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah, I'd recommend this game. Yeah. Again, hopefully the remake comes out or remaster whatever comes out early next year, and we can like maybe get a, maybe get a play on it, Ubisoft. You know, or just release it again. Why not? Why not? Next time, right? It's going to be delivered to your house, like on disc. <laughs> That's right. Take it from your hands and go. No. Yeah, it's not out yet. <laughs> to break I think, in. I mean, they they've remastered it once already. Oh, I, I imagine it's pro- probably been out on something. Yeah. Xbox, I think it was remastered on. Yeah, ah. I, I think I I think I played it on PlayStation. Um, the remaster, but yeah, it's not not available on PS Five. Cool. But, cool. What? All right. What did you pick? Who was that? too? sorry, Kev. E, uh, Hodge. I picked it for picked it picked it <laughs> um, ten eighty avalanche. Now it's not very good ten eighty avalanche. We're trying to fix it. Like, <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's, it, it's quite disappointing. Um, problem is SSX did everything ten eighty did, but better. Yeah, and well, not ten eighty snowboarding because that was good. Ten eighty avalanche, the sequel on the GameCube. And it's it's basically killed the franchise, <laughs> like, which is a shame. Yeah, it's it's a, it is a shame, especially now we don't really get snowboarding games like this anymore. It'd be a good time for Nintendo to um, bring it back. Really, the the so thing it, is, right? I know, you know what's going to happen. Sort of uh, you've 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 just wished on a monkey's paw there, Hodge. What's going to happen is Nintendo won't release a 1080, EA won't release an SSX. But Ubisoft will release their mobile their snowboarding <laughs> game, which is something to do with the trials or some shit. So to, to be fair, they've I mean? already done that. It was called Steep. Yes, they did. Yeah. So yeah, they yeah. have they have already. Apparently, it's all right. Apparently, it's pretty good. I think we've got Steep on PS Plus. There wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was too. It was too much. Was I. Too I much this is the thing. I think people just want SSX. Yeah. People yeah. just want like. Yeah. Is just. A snowboarding game with a kick-ass soundtrack, and it's a bit silly. Yeah, yeah. But but specifically, want we want SSX like... tricky. Yeah, that's yeah, what I we don't want. I have to fucking squirrel suit my way to the start of the course. Yeah, yes. I don't want to have to quad bike or do any other bullshit. <laughs> Just let me start and go down the course, go between the checkpoints, and finish like yeah. a normal arcade snowboarding game. Just stop, stop overcomplicating things. The best, the best snowboarding levels of anything that's been released in sort of the last ten years are in Mario Kart Eight. Yes, <laughs> the Wario. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's what people want. Do you, do you know what I think? The thing is, right? I, I reckon 
when they when EA went right, right, we've got SSX, we've got the next one that's coming out on the next gen. We're going to talk to real snowboarders about what it's really like snowboarding. Don't do that. Don't do that because yeah. I will tell you now, Nintendo have never spoken to a real go karter <laughs> in their entire fucking lives, right? Go because otherwise, could you imagine the sim version of Mario Kart, where you have to you have to carefully break around all the corners and you can't throw shit at anyone, or the race stops and an official <laughs> drags you out of your car and asks you what the hell you're doing? No, that's not going to happen. Stop! Stop going to. <laughs> You know, I mean, like the Project Cars games, you can start as a go karter, so that exists. Yeah, but yeah, that's not what people would play. <laughs> yeah, mildly interesting thing about 1080 um, Avalanche yeah. was it was released as a double disc version, which the double disc, the second disc, was a mini DVD with half an hour of snowboarding footage alongside gameplay set to soundtrack from the game, which is an odd. An odd thing to do, I think. Wasn't this a GameCube game? Yeah. Okay. Didn't say you could put it on the GameCube. Oh right. Okay. So, I, well, no, I just wondered. If you that, was... actively couldn't use. It, you know, <laughs> yeah. That, well, that was that was my thought. I was like, oh, was there like a weird, like one single use? You know what I mean? DVD, like a GameCube DVD sort of thing. Oh, could, yeah. I mean, that's why right. you wouldn't put it past Nintendo to release a DVD peripheral no. just for this one thing. No, oh, and, they, and, they, and it's only got like three three of them, and two of them are Pokemon, and the other two are fucking Sonic X or something like, like that. Yeah, exactly. You know exactly what I'm thinking yeah, of. Yeah, those Game Boy Advance cartridges yeah. with like yeah, three yeah, yeah, episodes yeah. of things on them. Like, who's buying those? Yeah. They did. You want to watch two episodes of Ninja Turtles in a really shit format? Well, yeah. have I got a Game Boy Advance cartridge for you? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Didn't they actually. Oh, was it other companies that made a. DVD add-on for the GameCube. Oh, no idea. I don't think so. Not that I'm aware of. I think something you put over the top of the GameCube and it might have played DVDs. I'm not going to... Right, I've never heard of this. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And I kind of want it to exist. Also, just just while we're mildly on the topic, something quite fun has happened. So in America, GameStop have been selling um, Xbox Series S's at a discounted rate Mm. with a packed-in game. Of FIFA 23, yeah. Um, it's an issue with that. They're providing <laughs> physical copies of FIFA 23 with, with the Xbox Series S. Oh. <laughs> they haven't thought it through. They haven't thought it through. Uh, that's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, cool. There was a Panasonic Q, which is unique to Japan. Oh, that! Oh, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I bet you that's one of those really rare consoles now. I bet you it's really difficult to find and super expensive. Uh, okay. Hodge, uh, any more on 1080, sorry? No, that's it. Okay. That's, that's, it's just okay. a bit disappointing. Cool. Um, my pick uh, is uh, for this month is kind of an interesting one because uh, I had this game... I loved this game. I thought it was really, really good. But apparently everyone else who sort of likes the franchise didn't. Uh, my pick is Sonic I, I Heroes. This. this was yeah. good, I thought. Yeah, exactly. Um, I remember playing this at uni with you. Yeah, uh, Sonic Heroes, pretty much the third Sonic Adventure game, more or less. It's like not really a Sonic Adventure game, but had a lot of the same elements. Um, 
I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this though, right? It's better than Sonic Adventure games because the Sonic Adventure games are not as good as people like to say they are. <gasps> I mean, so, I would agree with that. I really like too this. much fartassing around between levels. Yeah. And overcomplicated uh, plots. This strips it all back. Yeah, that's what I liked about this is that yeah, you you were in control of of three characters at one time, and you had like a fly mode and a punchy mode and a run fast mode, which was you know um, pretty good for each team. Each team had slightly different variations on the same few worlds. It had bonus stages where you could collect chaos emeralds, you know. Um, but uh, if 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 you're one of the serious Sonic community who like do the fan art and weird shit like that, uh, people don't like Sonic Heroes. Um, don't know why specifically. Uh, I really liked it. I thought you know, okay, it doesn't have the best soundtrack. I would say that's apart from the um, final boss music, which is pretty cool. I was like the final. And, boss and, and the intro out. song is good. Yeah, intro song's all right. Um, but yeah, no Sonic. Hero- I thought Sonic Heroes was, uh, in many ways, you know, a step up. Um, but then someone went, "No, this is exactly what we don't want." <laughs> come, we'll come back to you in three years with what the with what people really, really want. And we all know how that <laughs> ended. <laughs> it didn't end well. Um, so what yeah. was so, the one? The one in three years was that the werewolf one? No, no, that was Sonic. Uh, so- that was the one that was just called Sonic the Hedgehog. Right. Also known as Sonic 06. Oh. Uh, one of the worst games ever released, basically. Un- unplayable. Literally broken and unplayable. Um, and it's, was never really patched because they just abandoned it. it it's uh, hard to uh, it's hard to remember because there were so many Sonic games coming out around this time that were utterly... Yes. Utterly reviewed that badly. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm trying, Sonic Colors is more recent, isn't it? No, uh, was that around of. this time as well? No, it's not, no Sonic Colors is um, Wii. Yeah, Sonic uh. Colors is a Wii game, and uh, again, that one was unfortunately that one came out in between or just after the two sort of auto running games, which was Secret Rings and Black Knight. Right, uh, and it was released on the Wii, so everyone thought it was another one of them, and it isn't. <laughs> it's a it's a Sonic proper Sonic Colors is genuinely good. Yeah, um, like, not just like. On the scale of those games, it's, it's genuinely good. It's a yeah. good platformer. With the exception of where I've got to in it, which is a bullshit um, difficulty spike. Yeah. For no reason. Yeah. does have that. So, yeah. that I think that'll pretty much do us for video games. Um, Can I just say quickly, right? I'm just having a quick look at the, at the, um, the cover art for Sonic Heroes. Yeah. And, like, it looks like someone has put a lot of Botox into Sonic's eyebrow. It looks... Yeah. It, 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 it yeah. is a weird, a weird graphic. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not it's not the. Uh, I I always remember the box art for Sonic Heroes looking a bit like. Um, I, I, if it was if it was out today, you'd say it was AI art. <laughs> that's, that's that's kind of what it like, looks like, but it's just bad. Like normal. Yes, yeah. Sonic looks. I don't know. He's he's taking something, man. There's something going on with him. Yeah, he, the boy ain't right. Um, cool. So, uh, that will move on to music. Uh, Hodge, did you have a music pick? I did not. Okay. Um, Kev, what was your music pick for the week? Yeah, we always have a bit of trouble um, picking stuff in December. Usually, yeah. Yeah, most, most, um, most bands don't tend to release stuff in December. Um, I'm actually surprised there was a few this time. So I went yeah. with... Um, I went with Offspring Splinter. Now... It's not Offspring's best album. 
Not, no. not even a long shot. But um, it's interesting because I think the narrative is, the critical narrative is Smash, one of the best albums ever written. Yeah. Uh, then, you know, some people love Ixnay and the Hombre. I, I think it's better than Smash. Um, mm. Then there's the like the breakout album, uh, Americana, which is the one that, you know, had Pretty Fly for a White Guy. But the rest of it is really good. Yeah. Um, and then... Then the narr- the critical narrative is Osprey were crap after that, um, which I don't think is true. I th- I think Conspiracy One's really good, um, with the odd. I mean, original Prax is not a very good song, but um, and then this album's okay, but it's got to hit that and can't get my head around you. Good songs. Yeah, hit that's a great tune. Yeah, no, no, I don't know if I know um, these, any of these songs. Sorry, Hodge. So I'm not sure if I know any of these songs. Oh, you'll know hit that and can't get my head around yeah. you. Yeah, um, I mean, there's some like the worst hangover ever is not a very good song, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's not not a terrible album. It's it's okay. The one that followed this one was much better. Um, it's probably their like top three album, uh, Rise and Fall, Rage and Grace. Um, yeah, it's a great album. Yeah, it's great that album, like legitimately great. But I don't think this is as bad as it was made out to be. It's not amazing. It's okay. And it's got, you know, for a band on their sixth album, having two songs that you put in the live set is all right. I mean, some, yeah. bands, are more, some bands are more consistent. I don't know. Um, just, I, I think sometimes the narrative is, yeah. I think I think because they because Offspring's biggest songs tend to be among their worst, I think people critically don't like them at this point in their life. Mm. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Um, Two yeah. um, quick interesting facts for you. I was unaware of. Well, I wasn't aware of this album particularly, but it's still quite interesting. The crowd vocals in the opening track "Neocon" were recorded at Reading Festival in 2002 during hey. the festival main stage performance. Ooh. And on April Fool's Day, I mean this is quite long, but I do think this is good, and it is very offspring. On April Fool's Day 2003, the album title was jokingly announced as "Chinese Democracy." The same name of a repeatedly delayed album by Guns N' Roses. <laughs> um, Holland of the Offspring quipped, You snooze, you lose. Axel ripped off my braid, so I ripped off his album title. Um, <laughs> um, Guns N' Roses considered legal action, but were deterred by how album titles could not be copyrighted before release. <laughs> um, they changed the name anyway. It was a joke. That's why it's pretty good. <laughs> Should have kept it. <laughs> yeah. Um... Oh, that's cool. Um, okay. Um, uh, my my pick uh, is uh, kind of different, really. Uh, it is uh, Daft Club by Daft Punk. Um, this is pretty much a remix album of uh, their, like, mainly of their second album, Discovery. Um, and you know how, like, I, I think Discovery is one of the best albums ever made. I generally think that. I think it is an absolutely fantastic um, album. And this has some of the best remix of the best album ever made. Um, it's fantastic. The the way they play with um, sort of recognisable songs uh, f- from Discovery particularly, change them, add to them, uh, make them better. Um, you know, uh, it, it's it's an absolutely amazing album. I really like it. It's it's not one of those where you sort of go, well, I've already listened to this song because I've listened to the original album. It's like listening to this is its own thing. 
Um, it, they collaborate with people like Basement Jacks and the Neptunes and stuff like that. Uh, it's yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, you know, uh, they've got two different versions of uh, Better, Faster, Stronger on it, and two different versions of Aerodynamic on it, and they all sound different. That's the sort of uh, level of sort of playing with these songs that that you get on this, and it's yeah, it's it's really good. I, you know, Daft Punk. I I feel like it's a shame I never got to see them live at any point, but you know, their their body of work is just fantastic. The they're you know they're fa- very amazing. Um, we talk a lot about rock and punk and stuff on this. We don't often highlight dance, I don't think. Um, no. But yeah, this is this is oh, this is a great album. Fantastic. There we go. That's yeah, it, really. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think you're hard pressed to find someone who doesn't think Daft Punk are great. Yeah, yeah. Da- they just Daft never. Punk. I think the with the touring thing, I don't think they played many dates. No. So yeah. They're more that sort of we'll turn up at a very you know yeah. high profile club and do a set, so yeah. which is nowhere near our scene. Scene, yeah. mm. even when we were young, it wasn't our scene. Now that we're <laughs> fucking old, God no. <laughs> Daft Punk Daft Club sounds like a Monty Python sketch. <laughs> it does a bit. <laughs> Have you seen my Daft Club? No, Daft Punk, I haven't. There we go. <laughs> oh, don't worry about him. He's just the Daft Punk. <laughs> Played by Eric Idle. Um, yeah. yeah. Cool. Right. So, uh, that'll bring us to uh, the singles chart, I believe. So. Ah, okay. So, from 5th of December to 13th of December, we've got Leave Right Now by Will Young. Oh, I remember when Will Young was an up-and-comer. Um, I remember this song, and do you know what? Considering it was from, like, a Pop Idol winner... Uh, it was not objectionable. <laughs> High uh, praise indeed. Yeah. Uh, 20th of December, Changes, Ozzy Osbourne and Kelly Osbourne. Do you remember that? Do you remember when, when, when um, Kelly Osbourne tried to be a thing off the yeah. back of the mm. Osbournes? Yeah. Didn't last um, long, did I mean, it's it's a, a it's an Aussie original, it's an Aussie previous song, so they just did a duet of a song he'd already recorded. Yeah. Um, give us some capital. Yeah. Uh, and then, 27th of December, got Mad World by Michael Andrews and Gary Jules. The weird thing about this is that... Um, so this was this was just before every Christmas, the Battle for Christmas number one was X Factor and someone else who tried. Yeah. Because um, there was a legitimate battle, because this went up against the Darkness song. Did it? Yeah. Ah. Uh, is it? Don't let the bells end. Yeah. Don't let the bells end. Chris. Yeah. Um, which, like, the Darkness were the biggest band in the country at this point. Yeah, I, um, I probably would have gone to see them live around this point. I'd have thought. Yeah. Um, so, like, it was like, oh, they'll get Christmas number one, but they never did. Um, and this, this was weird because th- this song I'd seen in Donnie Darko the year before, and then suddenly yeah. it was like, oh, it's Christmas number one. Like, okay, why? And then, then again, it got got another bump with Gears of War. Yeah, yeah, it did. Because <laughs> like... I I could be mistaken, but didn't it get to number one? I don't know if it was Christmas, but I'm sure it got back to number one in the charts again after I don't um, know. after Gears of War released. I want I, I that's what that's what my memory believes happened. Stats yeah. might not bear that out, but there we go. 
Um, but yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a decent song. It's all right. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a cover, though, isn't it? So Yes, of course. Um, it, I, it's, it seems weird that now looking back at the, this was Christmas number one and uh, Don't Let the Bells End wasn't. Yeah. Or, this, or this Will Young. It feel like a wrong yeah. Christmas one, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, maybe maybe this was when the enemy was relentlessly attacking the darkness but, but, but not being... I don't know what the enemy were into at that point. I mean, you're giving the enemy too much power here because I don't think enemy were there going, ah, but Mad World, though. I don't know. But the the enemy... I think think less people read enemy than you give them credit for. It was... It it had a a big influence. enemy wished they had as much power as over the general charts as... Well, it had a big influence on uh, guitar-based music at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think it has the impact on the charts. Do you know what I mean? So, no. Well, it's just it's, it's, just, a... it's just weird. Like, I think yeah. now people would recon- recommend the darkness song. Uh, sorry, uh, recognize the darkness song. Yeah. No. So. Anyway, so um, just just moving on to albums. Sixth of December, we've got "Turn Around" by Westlife. Thirteenth um, of December, we got "Friday's Child" by Will Young. So obviously that was his uh, debut album. Mm. Uh, 20th of December to 27th of December got Life for Rent by Dido. Is um, that the one with... Um... Yeah, it's got to be, surely. Yeah, um, yeah that uh, uh, that album was... Uh, if it's if it's the same album, I believe it is, that one was huge. Um, yeah. So, yeah, quite, quite an interesting one there in terms of albums. Hmm. Uh, films. Hodge, what have you got for us? For films, I've got Big Fish. You guys seen Big Fish? Yes. I, I asked for films, Hodge. Films. <laughs> yes, I. Not have. Big Fish. Big films. Yeah. Yeah. I I've seen this film. I went yeah. to see it at the cinema with you. Yeah, it was very I, good. I went uh, with basically a other friend. Problem. I went. I probably went with your partner. To be honest. Oh. <laughs> Sounds sinister. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it wasn't meant to be. <laughs> so basically, it's a story about a son whose father tells him fantastical tales. Yeah. And the son basically thinks he just can't believe the word his father says because he's just always making shit up. And then his father gets cancer, and the father the kid spends some more time with him, hears some more fantastical tales. And then at his father's funeral, all the people from these tales are there, but they're slightly less fantastical yeah. than his father has made them out to be. Yeah, but they are true. Um, and it's just it's it's like an anthology film, isn't it? It's like it's made of like I think three main stories, mm. like short yeah. stories about his father's life. But it's just really well done and quite touching, and it's got like I've forgotten, but the the cast is ridiculous. You've got um, Ewan McGregor, mm. um, Billy Crudup, Helena Bonham Carter. Well, it is it is a Tim Burton film, so it's yeah, yeah. Good. It, so it has a bottom castle yeah. by. She's not of a monk, she's not a monkey, <laughs> monkey in the costume this time. So so non sexy is what yeah, I'm hearing. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steve Buscemi, of course. Yeah. Danny DeVito, great. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, just, um, it's just it's very good. Yeah, it's kind of like because Tim Burton stuff's a bit hit and miss. Um, like I think yeah, we were I talking today about um, his. Uh, Charlie the Chocolate Factory film, which is bad. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, weirdly enough, because the, the reviews for the new film have been quite positive, but they apparently on Rotten Tomatoes, 
the Tim Burton film has a higher rating. It's like, how? That film's awful. Oh. It's one, it's one of those... It's one of those that, like, I wonder at the time critics just went, oh, it's Tim Burton, so let's like it. Yeah. But I think. Anyway. Um, but this is a legitimately great Tim Burton film. It just, it just, it's just uplifting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, just... I, 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 it's, it's kind of interesting because it's basically uh, the whole message of the film is, you know, uh, if you can print the facts or print the legend, print the legend sort of thing, mm. isn't it? It's like, yeah, you know stories are sometimes more important than the bare facts because yeah it turns out all of the things he said are true to an extent but mm. you know they are um less what's the word i'm looking for uh less yeah. fantastical than he's made out wondrous oh, yeah. yeah case in point i was listening to a um podcast today with kev i listened to with david mitchell where he's talking about his new book uh, about history and he's saying how the um one thing he learnt which upsets him is the fact that the Vikings didn't have horns on their helmets. He's like, yeah, but like, that should be true, shouldn't it? Like, it just really encapsulates what the, Vi- like, what the Vikings stood for. They should have helmets with horns on. Mm. It's like, in this post-truth world, we should just give ourselves that lovely present of just deciding that the Vikings had horns on their helmet. And that's kind of like what we're talking about, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is that sort of, that yeah. sort of thing. I don't know. I, I quite I quite like the fact that it wasn't horns or helmet. It were drinking cups. Yes, I think that's cooler. And they were just buried with them. So people, that, when they dug them that... up, they thought that those were not helmets. But no, it's their drinking. Like it's cooler. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen um, Norsemen on Netflix? No. Which is sort of it's a comedy series. It's kind of like Vikings, basically, but it's a comedy series. And there's one of them where he actually goes and puts horns on his helmet, and everyone's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm making fashion statements." He's like, "No, you, you look, you look ridiculous, like, like just, you know, that sort of thing." Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, actually, I tell you what, this leads nicely into my pick for the um, for uh, this episode, which is the Last Samurai, which is. Um, Tom Cruise uh, going to Japan and being a samurai, and because he's Tom Cruise, he's the best samurai there could ever be, because he's Tom Cruise, and he's white, therefore, right, therefore he can samurai better than samurai can, because he's Tom Cruise. Um, <laughs> I've, I've never seen this film, but that's Have you never exactly, seen this, this film? This is exactly what I imagine the film is. Yeah, 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 pretty much, pretty much. Uh, it, it's, it's very sort of fish out of water, and it's like, oh... So, so Tom Cruise is a um, U.S. Army officer who, after like uh, the Indian Wars in America, um, comes. That's what they're called, by the way. Uh, comes comes uh, uh, and is hired basically by the Shogun of Japan to train his troops how to use um, uh, muskets, basically how to use guns, and. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's basically so that the Shogun can put down a rebellion by samurai, who of course don't use guns. In the first battle, he kills a samurai, but he gets captured, and then he is taught the ways of the samurai, blah, blah, blah. And of course, like I say, because he is white and Tom Cruise, he gets he becomes the world's best samurai, because of course he does. Um, and, and fights alongside the rebel samurai rather than the troops he sort of helped train. Uh, it's semi, I believe it's semi-historical, like, 
this did happen, but I imagine it's a, that sort of Braveheart historical thing where it was far less um, thing. It, like, I've seen this film about eight times. The reason I've seen this film about eight times, it is my dad's favourite movie. Oh, right. Like, there was a period of time where my dad, before going to bed, he had a DVD player and a TV in his room, would put this on almost every night. <laughs> he fucking loves this movie, <laughs> right? Um, this is quite sweet. Uh, yeah, it's 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 nice. It's like uh, teenage that Matt's dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a bit like that. Um, he, I mean, it's it's not it's not a bad film. Of course, this is one of the things that always gets me, particularly about Tom Cruise films, because I do not like Tom Tom Cruise. But a Tom Cruise film is generally going to be well shot and well choreographed with decent uh, decent actors around him, with the possible exception of like the Mummy. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's it's hard for me to say. Right, like I would actually, I genuinely say, if you've not seen it, give it a watch. But it is definitely a bit white saviory. It def- like it definitely has a bit of that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, he Kev. looks a bit like Jesus in the in the poster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kev. Yeah, uh, I, I, I got him first. Yeah, 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 and, and and I left you to last because you know I think we're all going to have things to say about this one. Um, um, yeah, so my my pick is uh, Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. It's a good film, in it. I mean, it's a good film. There, there's an argument that the trilogy is almost perfect. It's yeah, they're so good. The three films. Um, I th- think generally this is the one that people like the least. Really. I thought Two Towers was. You reckon? I thought I think Two Towers is the most liked one. Okay, I mean, I, I, I well, let, let me put it this way: I, I obviously, I like all three films, but I, I Two like Towers three, is yeah. my least favorite. Let's put it uh, that okay. way. Okay, but but I think um, Two Towers is my favorite. Yeah, I, I I think actually Fellowship is my favorite. Yeah, I I think yeah. Two Towers is the one that works as a film, yeah. having a story like a whole story within a film. Compared to the other two, like because Fellowship is setting up and um, yeah, and this ends everything in a very mm. good way. But obviously, the the main criticism of this film is the multiple endings. Yes, but you're mm. you're ending like a nine hour, well more than nine, like twelve hours ago. The extended cuts, yeah, set things. And I don't think, I mean, there are some people who wanted the scourge in the Shire in as well. Exactly. Like, so they did, you know, they they cut a good 40 minutes of what could have been the ending. Um, yeah. Yeah, these... Yeah, this film's great. I mean, the, the battle for um, uh, Gondor. What's the... I forgot the, yeah. the capital. Is it Gondor? Minas Tirith. Minas Tirith. Um, yeah. It's incredible. Like, uh, it's, uh, again... It's, I've, it's, I've watched it's... it. I've watched it recently because my son wanted to have watched them. It holds up. Yeah. You can, you, you can see, you know, it's not as good as some stuff CGI for nowadays, but there's nothing, you know, you wouldn't massively complain about it. No, think- because, well, again, I, I think that's the thing. The CGI is, how do you want to put it? It's not something the film leans on no, a lot. It uses models, it uses lot, it's, it's a lot yeah. of different things to get the desired effect. So, like, Minas Tirith was built as a, yeah. as a model. So... When they're looking at that, they are it's something real, it's something tangible, um, yeah. And they add add things to it, but it's all that kind of it, like Peter Jackson. It, take a bow for doing these three, for getting these three films right. 
Yeah. Because they could have been a train wreck. It could have been yeah. so badly done, but no, yeah, he, he deserved every, like, all the awards he got. Because this, this, when it came to the Oscars, absolutely swept, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. Was it 11 or 14 Oscars or something? I think I, I, can't I don't know. It'd be one best director. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those where, yeah, like the, the reputation of this film, the people generally thought people preferred the other two, but he won the Oscar for this one. But it was more like you're winning the Oscar for all three. Yeah. Because you've done something that a lot of people thought couldn't be done. Yeah. In, in making these films. And you've well, done it so well. Again, there's, they do they do such a great job of um, characterising things because uh, and, and also adding character to people who didn't have a lot of character in the books. Like Denethor in the books doesn't have a hell of a lot of character. He's just kind of characterised as a dick, if you know what I mean. Um, uh, you know what I mean? That he's, yeah. Like he's a, he's a scared coward. Whereas in the film, they kind of give him a little bit more like that. Actually, he's in um, in huge grief because his favourite son is dead. And, you know, he doesn't know what to do with it. And also, he's, he's the rightful king of Gondor come to say, yeah, I'm the rightful king of Gondor, so can you move out? You've looked after this city all your life and you thought you had a yeah. dynasty and now I, I want you to go. Yeah. He's he, John Noble is great in that role. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the generally all the people in it are fantastic. I mean, there's yeah. some amazing like uh, the like quite early on the film the the lighting of the beacons. Yes, like and all that is is pictures of fires around mountains in New Zealand. But the music and the way it's done, it's it's amazing. Yeah, um, and you really get a scale of like the distance between the two things, and um, yeah, the the bit with the, the 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 horseman of Rohan arriving at the battle, yeah, and like just, it's just and there's just I mean there's so many amazing moments yes. in this in this film. There's the um, you know there's the 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 dead men in the under the mountain. Yeah. There's the um the witch king getting owned. Uh, the you know I am no oh, man. Oh yeah, moment. that is yeah yeah. No uh, man can kill yeah. me. Take, no take the mask off. I am no man. Stab yeah. you in the face. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, it's you know, it's such this. And then you've got you've got other little side characters. Didn't have to be there at all. You've got the incredibly mangled orc who's mm. leading the orc um, army. You know, didn't need to be there, but is there? And like, there's the that great bit where they fire like some like. A whole heap of stone right by yeah. him, and it lands just by his and foot, just, and he spits it. It's like yeah. this is such like I I I know I'm going to sound old when I say this. They don't make films like this anymore. Um, like oh, even man. even the the closest thing I can think is Dune, and Dune is you know is is very good, but it's it's not as good as this. No, maybe no. maybe I'm maybe I'm just maybe I am being a bit. Yeah. Well, 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 let, let them finish the, the thi- June first. Yeah, the thing the thing yeah. with June is it's very the the first one was half a film. Half yes. One. Whereas at least at least the the Lord of the Rings books were three books in a larger thing. So it's yeah. it, you 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 know they they can plot them out that way. So it, it did sort of make a bit more sense um, to do that. But yeah, I mean the like the Shelob. Yeah, that's a great sequence. And then the shock when Frodo gets stabbed, and 
Yeah. Um, Samwise Gamgee just being an absolute yeah, legend. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think someone asked me a question, like, who who's the hero of the film? It's like, well, it's kind of Sam. Yeah. In in a lot of respects. Like, it doesn't get done without Sam. I know there's the thing, oh, Frodo's carrying the ring, but he's a, he's a whiny person about it a lot of the time. <laughs> well, well, and also towards the end, he doesn't want to throw the ring away. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Lord of the Rings, to be completely honest. Really? I've never, I've never rewatched them. Oh, they're they're incredible. I think they're fine. <laughs> they're good films. That's not fair. Oh. Not fine. They're good films, but I've never bothered rewatching them. Part of I... it is it's it's just, just such a fucking time commitment. I mean, that's true. <laughs> it's worth um, it. Though. It's worth. I, yeah. I, I, I again, I watched them with my son recently. And it was like I, you start watching them, it's like I don't want to get up. I'm enjoying this. Like, ah. Oh. Do I watch the extended one? No, no, Peter no, Jackson. We did. I we, do not want to see more of this. That's three hours is fine, but anything three hours is enough. Stop it. Keep it in your hands. We we watched we watched the extended ones. <laughs> Definitely worth it. Oh, yeah. but you got to know what they did with the bread. No, Peter Jackson. I don't need to know what happened to the bread. Okay. You can see it being baked. No. <laughs> what what film were you watching? <laughs> I'm not watching the extended versions. That's fine. I, I, <laughs> I, I think we should make I'm, I'm being a bit facetious, but I, I've honestly, I've not, yeah. I've never rewatched these films. I'm sure at some point when the kids are a bit older, I probably will watch them again. Do you know, yeah. I find that astonishing because I imagine you've watched Star Wars a fair few times. Yeah. But that's more up my alley. I like space. I'm not so keen on fantasy. Okay. We're going to have to reassess your position on the podcast now, Kev. <laughs> Kev? Hodge? Yeah. Well, Kev as well. Let's put it this way. Kev's position on the podcast has gone up, which has just gone right down. Yeah, I mean... I mean <laughs> Never let it be said that I'm not bitter and vindictive. Star Wars has nothing to do with fantasy. Guess, guess, guess which one of us... It's not the same thing. Guess which one of us doesn't play D&D. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is... That, I mean, there is that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that? I said, guess which one of us doesn't play D&D, and it's because I don't... That whole setting isn't doesn't do much for me. Right. I'm not saying Star Wars isn't fantasy, because there's fantasy and there's fantasy. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not a huge fan of this. So it's a, well, I'm a huge fan. That's not even, that's not even pretty fair. It just doesn't really do anything for me. It doesn't... Same reason I'm not into Dragon's Age. It doesn't... Or, um... Um... What's the other one? Skyrim. This isn't... Uh... Or Baldur's Gate or anything like that. Oh, this is this is a lot better than yeah. Skyrim. Like, no, but, but, no, but it's the same stage, I, I know, you know what I mean? You're talking, all right, it's what's called high fantasy, is what you're yeah, talking about. That's the phrase do, I wanted, thank you. Yeah, uh, high fantasy doesn't do anything for you. Which the, is, I, I suppose that's fair enough. Um, the, the, thing, the thing about the Lord of the Rings world is I feel like it's pretty well realised. Like, yeah. yeah. The, the yeah, archetypes, yeah. like the, 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 the men of Rohan, like it's, a, it's an amalgam of Saxon and Vikings. Yeah. Um... You know, you have the medieval kingdom of Gondor. Um, you know, there, there's bits that are taken from Tolkien's experience of World War One and World War Two. Um, you know, this the the mass industrialization is from where he grew up in Birmingham. It's I I feel like there's enough linkage with real things that it's sort of linked with the fantasy stuff that it does elevate it a little bit. And I I feel like he made a like the books are um, you know way too long and in need of editing. Yeah, but I feel like he he did a really good thing in creating a world that's yeah, works. totally. Yeah, I'm not, I'm yeah. not taking away from that. 
I'm also not taking away from the fact that they're very good, well-made films. They're yeah, just not particularly for me. If that makes not not you know I mean, I, 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 I what I watch, I appreciate them. They're well shot. They're obviously well made. And all all that jazz. Yeah, yeah. But they're not something I've watched endlessly. Like okay. I'm not sure I've ever rewatched any of them. But they're not. They're obviously good films. I don't. I, I find sit that... here and tell you about them the way you guys can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's fair enough. You don't like. You don't have to. I think I. I think I've just found it surprising because I. I guess we've just never. I don't know what you want to call it. I don't think we've ever like broached that. Shot, if you know what I mean. On it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, because right, um, I think the thing I remember about these films really isn't all the stuff you mentioned. It's all the multiple fake out endings, and it's not. And it's not. Beca- but the problem with those bits is it is the editing. It's the way it fades to. You know what I mean, it's the, it's oh. not. It's not the way the scene ends. It makes it like an ending. It's where it fades to black and stays black for that beat too long that makes it feel like the credits are about to roll. Like on the... Um, there's a bit on the side of Mount Doom. Where yeah, there, there is a long rock, fade to right? black there. Yeah. And it's a really long fade to black and it really feels... I mean, you've, about that point, you've been sat there like three and a half hours or something and it kind of feels like, right, this should be finishing. And it fades to black if it are the credits going correct. Then I just, no, 20 more minutes. <laughs> But you know what I mean? that's that's what I remember is because it felt like it was. Yeah. Okay. It's right. an odd editing choice, I think, at that point, the, the way it fades to black. I don't mean to get like really focused on that one thing because the film is more than just that one moment. But it's, I think it stands out because the rest of the film is so well edited and paced and done. Yeah. That that stands out as a bit odd. I I think that's I think again I think the the problem with ending those films is. Uh, you almost can't like like there were people who were upset that he didn't put everything in. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like that that was not everything. There no, was stuff. I, 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 yeah. I'm one of those ones that felt like the sacking of the shy should have been in there because I think it adds to it. I think it does add something meaningful to it that the hobbits haven't got away with it essentially. Yeah. Well, the sack, the that... sc- the of the shy is more about um, the hobbits actually oh, fighting yeah. for themselves. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's almost it's like, a bit like a fuck you to them as well. Well, so I think yeah, yeah, I think it adds enough stuff to it that it would have been good to have it in there. But I do appreciate that the film was very long as it is. Yeah, exactly. I, it's it's and you've it's got to have more to minutes. talk about the bread. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where the bread thing comes from. There's there's bits in the bread about um, Gollum convincing Frodo that Sam's eaten all the bread, but that's more of a ruse by Gollum to get rid of Sam. Um, yeah, I don't know I what don't, he's talking I, about, the bread I, thing. I, I don't no, know where the... Yeah, no, I'm joking. Isn't, isn't there a bit of an extended one where it gives more time to, like, how they get their gifts or something? Oh, just, you... They, okay, that's in just, the... Uh, yeah. that's in, is it Fellowship? Yeah, it yeah. just explains yeah, yeah. what gifts they got. Yeah, because yeah. otherwise they suddenly have these things. I, I, get, I get it. I, I am being right. facetious. Yeah. Um, okay. It's... Uh, you. I would say you're probably the first person who's just said... Not that you don't like it, but that you... You're probably yeah. the first person I've I've spoken to about these films where they're like I don't really like it. I don't really love it. It's usually yeah. it's usually like the other sort of thing of like you know what I mean. They absolutely cannot stand it and they don't understand it because you know they don't like fantasy and they only like yeah. they only like you know guns Lots. and explosion movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know those I sort of things. I get it all. I can appreciate it all, but it doesn't yeah. scratch that itch for me the way it does for you guys. Okay, that's interesting. But then I think, funnily enough, uh, I think there's uh, a few times where I've been really excited because there's been 
Uh, I got Jesus Christ! I've just realised I've unlocked trauma. There's because I uh, because there's been a samurai game because I actually do like the samurai period. I wonder why that was fucking indoctrination. <laughs> Sounds like it could have been. Um, and uh, and and uh, you guys haven't been as excited for it. Do you know what I mean? Um, oh, I mean I, I love Ghost of Tsushima. It's just that they yeah. don't tend to make very good games. That's, yeah. Yeah. I think I think Ghost of Tsushima was kind of the standout, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like Ghost of Tsushima was good enough that you know the setting and and yeah, stuff like that. That, that game's amazing, but that's yeah. yeah, yeah. So cool, yeah, interesting, right? Um, but yeah, uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, Return of the King. I, I can't. I want to watch them again now. I've got time. I'd, I'd I might. I might. It. Yeah, I might stick Fellowship on over the next couple of days while I've got time off. It's work. Christmas. They're going to be on TV as well, aren't they, surely? I mean, I've got them on streaming, so yes, they will be on my TV. Yes. Oh, what? what chat? What are they on? Uh, they're on Prime Video. I bought them. <laughs> no, as in, as in I bought them, because <laughs> no, I think no, they're on no, Netflix, though. I yeah, do think no, they are no, on they're, Netflix. They're not. Well, they weren't um, a few not. months ago. Um, we, we, I, I had the copies, but I bought the extended versions back in the day, so we just watched them on DVD, yeah. which is weird. Um, yeah, mind you. Interesting note: um, uh, Sony have announced that uh, some of the things that you could buy on their store, which were films, not available anymore. So, kind of starting to see uh, a little bit of uh, that thing of yeah, physical copies are better. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, uh, it's a simple fact as well that Blu-rays are a higher quality than a stream will be as well. Yeah, there is that. Generally speaking. Um, regardless of your internet connection. Yeah, I do, it, yeah, it's just that it's always been that thing in the back of your head, like, oh, you don't really own something if you buy it digitally. Yeah, they can just go, nah, and they're starting to. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. Oh, should we call this episode the mysterious case of Chris Hodgkinson and J.I.R. Tolkien? <laughs> to get the to get the to get the listens up again, <laughs> or or what happened? Whatever happened to Mister Baggins? Um, so, uh, yeah, let's move on to TV. Uh, Hodge, are you going to give us the TV news? TV Andy. news? Don't know why I said it like that, but I did. <laughs> 5th of December, 2003. Uh, the third series of US spy drama 24 will not air on BBC2 after negotiations between Fox and the BBC end with no deal being reached. I remember this being a big deal at the time. Oh, like... it, becomes a, it becomes a bigger deal later in the month. Yeah. On the 6th of December, Simon Cowell makes a public apology to fellow pop idol judge Pete Waterman I can't believe he did this after giving out his mobile number during an edition of Pop Idol Extra the previous weekend. Wow. What What would compel the man? <laughs> I mean, surely surely a better answer is why did they broadcast it? Um, yeah, I think it was live. Was it live? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, of course it, it was. It would have been live, yeah. Well, I can see why. I mean, Simon Castle is a bit of a knob, but I can also see how he might have thought it was quite a funny thing to do. Yeah. But, Jesus Christ, come um, on, man. He, he probably misjudged the amount of people yeah. who were probably going to call that number as yeah. well. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? He probably thought it might be, I don't know, 50, and it was like probably hundreds of yeah. idiots. I'm giving, I'm giving him some benefit of a doubt. The only thing which could legitimately happen is, wouldn't it be funny if I gave out his phone number and when you go, shit, that was his actual phone number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I forgot to change any of the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he might have given out some poor innocent's phone number. <laughs> yeah, 
true. Here's his yeah. phone number. Hang on, that's my phone number. No! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then on the 17th of December, Sky One signs a deal with Fox to broadcast the third series yeah. of 24, where, if I remember correctly, it will remain for the continuation of its run. Yeah, and I remember a lot of people doing their absolute nut about this. Well, why are you taking it to Sky One? Why have I got to pay to, pay to, to watch it on Sky One? Um, market capitalism forces? I mean, I don't know what to tell you about that, but that is the those are the real reasons. And apparently it's made my voice go funny, just saying. <laughs> It's a weird move by Sky, isn't it? We'll let yeah. this thing start off on a free play channel. Oh, it's doing pretty well. Let's pick it up then once people have become invested. Yeah. <laughs> Not that... I bet it did drive new subscribers. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. that used to be their um used to be their modus operandi for <laughs> but, a while. But this was a time when every lot of people just pirated stuff. Yeah. So I think it was a bit of a wild west. Yeah. And on the 29th of December, in a move, I, I can't believe this was as late as this, the launch of the Office of Communications, known as Ofcom, the watchdog which formerly inherits the duties that had previously been responsible, had been responsibility of five different regulators. Ofcom replaces the Broadcasting Standards Commission, Independent Television Commission, Radio Authority, Office of Telecommunications, and the Radio Communications Agency. So, I mean, you can see why it was all bought under one umbrella. Yeah. I can't believe Ofcom is only as old as this. Yeah, I, I would have thought that's been around for a while, but no. Yeah. Uh, wow. Also, on the 29th of December, Bob Monkhouse dies. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Uh, Bob Monkhouse, one of those people who was, up until this point, on British television all the time. And was kind. He's one of those people who I always saw in very tame contexts. Yeah. And then you go back and look at his stand-up stuff, and it's like Jesus Christ, Bob Monkhouse was really fucking funny. <laughs> like really funny. Like yeah, he what? Was very, he was very punny, wasn't he? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. On, on the stuff we were used to seeing him on. Yeah. Um. Cool. Uh, in terms of TV picks, um, uh, I'll go first on this one. Uh, I, I've. There wasn't a lot to pick from, but this one was there. Uh, so we've got the Office Christmas specials, uh, and with the finale of the uh, UK Office. Um, I remember this as being kind of interesting because they were because it was it had been a bit of a gap between um, the original first two series of the Office and this, hmm. and you know um, there was a lot of stuff left hanging in the air, uh, but they they showed sort of David Brent coming like David Brent wanting to come back and hang around in the office, even though he'd been fired, had successfully sued the company. Um, but, and, like, everyone just sort of having to put up with him. <laughs> like, like he's in that very David Brent way, thinks everything's okay, and everyone just wants him to go away. Um, uh, and he's sort of uh, released his uh, album... The free love on the free love highway. Uh, basically, do you remember that episode of uh, The Simpsons where Kurt gets divorced? Mm. <laughs> it feels like that. It feels very much like that. That is David Brent's character at this point. But also, it had the um, uh, the culmination of the Tim and Dawn storyline finally, because uh, she comes back from Florida with her boyfriend, her boyfriend who is quite satisfied that they are living at someone's house for free. They don't have any money coming in, but they just have to babysit and 
well, sorry, Dawn has to babysit uh, the kids. Um, yeah, uh, it's, uh, it was kind of funny that they're the, like years ago they do that really good thing of it being a mock sort of fly on the wall documentary, and you could sort of see him going, "Yeah, it's great here, isn't it?" And you could sort of seething in the background, basically. <laughs> uh, and then finally, you know, they come back and and uh, her and Tim get together, and it's nice, isn't it? It's nice. Yeah, it's 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 a weird thing because a lot of that show is quite dy- yeah dystopian. It's a, like it just it's quite like depressing, d- depressing yes. reality. And then they're, they're, oh, we have we'll, we'll resolve the love story. Yeah, mean spirited. A yeah, lot of that yeah. show, I would say. Yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting because I think Ricky Gervais is quite a toxic personality now. Um, yeah, in like. There are things he's uh, yeah yeah I, I, he's kind he of a chooses bit chooses weird hills to die on exactly yeah. that's the best way yeah. of putting it yeah um, um right. then he so, just give like several million to animal charities he's not all bad yeah he's it's not one of those people where I go you know he will say some things like oh yes I agree with that that's a sensible thing to uh, uh, go on to say but then there's things like what again why who cares about this why is this you know a hill to die on sort of thing. I, He's yeah. always stricken me as someone I wouldn't want to be around. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. this this was very much in the period of he could do no wrong. Yes, where um, he used to like his behind the scenes stuff. He always looks like a hyperactive child. He'd be like, "Oh fuck's sake, man, go and nap." Yeah, yeah. You are mm. overtired, Ricky Gervais. Go and have a sleep. <laughs> that sounds about right. And it's interesting because this was pre the American Office. Oh yeah, yeah. Which yeah. Uh, which. It was better. Yeah. Uh, again, I think the like uh, we've said several times. I think the the one thing that the American Office gets right is that you can't have a show that mean spirited if you want it to be uh, long running. Because mm. uh, mm. you could even see that with like Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec did like had the exact same thing of like, oh, we're going to be really cynical, and the first season of Parks and Rec is a disaster. Like, like a different I'm, show, season one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, where so yeah, uh, the American Office is is like almost a different show in a lot of ways. Yeah. But the uh, because... the Jim and Pam is better than the Tim and Dawn. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, because they're actually a, a a couple throughout a lot of it, aren't they? Yeah. Whereas, yeah. Um, and and of course, yeah. And, and Michael Scott is not David Brent as well. Yeah. Oh, he's like they have he's... similarities, but they're not. You know, Michael Scott is a well-meaning doofus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who you they know. sort of they 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 make pains to establish that he was actually quite good at certain. He's quite a good salesman. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's sort of because of that he's got a management job which he's unqualified for. Yeah. Um, uh, th- whereas yeah. overpromoted, D- D- David Brent is. Well, I think they they. I think Ricky Drace wrote it about a manager he knew. You, you can sort of yeah. imagine that. I mean, I probably had managers similar to that. Um, yeah, early on in work, so yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you know, I think we've all met a David Brent. <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe not exactly the same, but some yes. aspect of his character you've come across. Yes. Yeah, mm. yeah. It was so cool. It, people loved this ending. Yeah, at the time. Yeah, and yeah. They even sort I, of try to give David Brent a like a romantic interest and redeem him a little bit, but. Then, then they made the films. So, was it just the one film, wasn't it? One film. Yeah. Which again has its moments. Yeah. 
But uh, I don't remember the films at all. It's just the, the one film. It's him touring. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that was my that was my TV pick. Uh, Kev, you've also got a TV pick. Yeah. Um, I picked a Simpsons episode that I remember really liking. Um, it's the President War Pearls. Um, and as they said at the end of the episode, they it's legally distinct from uh, Evita. Oh I, yes. I've never seen Evita, so it's like. It's just good. This is a fun. This is a. Yeah. Yeah. I I have seen Evita because do you remember a couple of weeks a uh, couple of episodes ago we talked about Jimmy Nail and Jimmy Nail's in Evita. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is he, um, he is he Eva Peron? No, he's um uh, he's the person Eva Peron. I think uh, does, I can't remember who he is in it. He's he's in it a fair bit. Um, but yeah, anyway, sorry. Uh, well, he, this he episode a, of The Simpsons. He had all that singing talent, so it's not a surprise. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just... So th- this was in the age... This is season 15 in, in the age of um, Simpsons where g- generally people weren't rating episodes. But I actually think this was really funny. Um, like, there, there's really funny bits about, like... Um, I think it's one of those... This season, uh, Groundskeeper Willie is sort of the MVP... But like, um, so Lisa sort of becomes class president. She's letting the students out, and she goes, "Oh, um, is it do the teachers out? Do they just mock the children?" And they just open the door, and it's Willie going, "Look at me, I'm Millhouse. I tuck my shirt in my underpants, and I've got no <laughs> friends, so I confide in Willie." <laughs> <laughs> and they later have a joke about Millhouse getting upset, and then saying, "Oh, I have to go talk to Willie." That's <laughs> right. <laughs> The other great groundskeeper willy bit is during um, the song about Skinner's plan. Right. Well, there's a bit early on in the song where, Sk- where Willie says, oh, I'm so drunk I can barely see. And later on in the song was a bit where um, sort of Sk- um, Skinner goes, I think the rules are cool. And the bar- no, is it? The Bart goes, Lisa is a fool, Skinner. I think the rules are cool. And when it cuts to groundskeeper Willie, I've fallen in the pool! <laughs> what is tractor in the pool? <laughs> I found drunk. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a parody of Evita, um, but it's done really well, I think. It's a very funny episode, um, which, I mean, like, I think you may not like the storyline, the fact it's just a parody, but... I can't fault that it's just really good. Um, and it it's made me laugh got, quite a lot. Yeah. It's also got one of our, I think, collectively favourite Homer lines of the I wish I'd married a businessman. Yes. And I'd have nice things. <laughs> yes, that's right. Lines that, Simpsons lines that stick with you forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish. I, I find myself saying that a lot. Not, not Like, whatever it is, that first part where I will replace with, like, I wish I had... I don't know, yeah. Colombian coffee, then I'd have nice... Like, whatever it is, and then, I, then I'd then i have nice things. Yeah. I wish we were a true crime podcast, <laughs> then we'd have nice things. That's the episode title. Episode title, there we go, straight away. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a bit like... Uh, they, they basically have a strike to uh, sort of get... Uh, Skinner uses Lisa's... Tricks Lisa into cancelling loads of arts programmes. And they have yeah. a strike... Um, uh, and they have a bit where Bart, 
Ken Brockman interviews Bart. It's like, and this is what her brother had to say. Bart goes, Lisa is a nut. She has a rubber butt. Every time around, she turns around, it goes putt, putt. And then Brockman just goes, indeed. But that rubber butt doesn't have much time for turning around these days. <laughs> <laughs> There's also another great Willie line that bit about um, Skinner and Chalmers tries to get Willie uh, to uh, spray the uh, spray the children to stop them striking. Um, and Krause for Willie, he said, I'd rather turn it on myself. See here, your nose, wife, and hair combers. Back in Edinburgh, we had a coal miner strike. All we wanted were hats and a wee light on top. Then one day, the mine collapsed. No one made it out alive. Not even Willie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. Sometimes you forget about how good Peak Simpsons is. Well, this isn't Peak Simpsons. It's a period where a lot of people hated it. But I, yeah, I think it, it's great. And there's, um, yeah, I think that there's the start of the episode where Lisa's campaigning to be president against Nelson, which is really funny. Um, yeah. The thing is, and we've, we've often said this, is that even when The Simpsons has had its lull years, there's, been all, there's every season there's a couple of episodes that yeah. throw it out the bag. Yeah. And those episodes alone normally justify its continuance. It's just that in more recent seasons there have been more of those episodes. Yeah. Well, this this is off topic and I might cut it. It depends on. But um, I've kind of been thinking, I wonder if that's what something that we don't do in UK... T- sorry, something we do in UK TV that maybe they could emulate because... Like Doctor Who, generally will have a couple of full seasons with a Doctor, and then it's almost a bit like we haven't got as many ideas, so we'll have a couple of specials instead mm. dotted around. Yeah. Um, and you know, but, but again, we just talked about The Office, same sort of thing. Like they like it's almost like we don't we don't kind of want or really like the idea of having something as artistically good as The Simpsons was, or, you know, The Office UK was, and dragging it out. Again, there's an argument, of course, that The Office UK is too mean-spirited to last that. Yeah. But you know what I mean. Um, yeah, eh. but a lot of, a lot of maybe not so much Doctor Who, but say The Office is one yeah. man, well, two people writing it. Yes, true. The Simpsons true. has large writer's room. So, you you know, you probably the, the difference in quality is there. there. There is a case to maybe... 20 episodes a season of Simpsons is too many because they yeah 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 just uh, just reading another one this is quite a dark joke for the Simpsons it's uh, at the casino night at the start and Marge going I really shouldn't be here I have a problem with games of chance I played Candyland when Maggie had ended up throwing vodka in her face <laughs> 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 I, I, I always like when they reference the fact that Marge has a gambling yeah. problem, like from yeah. season one or two. Like they bring it back every now and again. Yeah, Marge, what were your gambling losses last year? Fifteen thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. The, um, the other thing about Max's point is, I think in this country we also have more of a thing about. Christmas specials like True. Christmas special means something over here. It means something which is produced normally. It's longer and it's outside of the normal episode order and run. Yeah. Whereas in the states, Christmas special just means it's a Christmas themed episode that's done as part of that normal run of episodes. Yeah, I mean, one one of the potential picks for this uh, for this episode <laughs> was uh, absolutely fabulous. Had a Christmas special. Uh, uh, okay. Didn't. 
yeah, I just I, I couldn't have told you what it was about. I don't really remember absolutely fabulous that much. That's also something else we do a lot of. We bring stuff back after True. like a series has ended for a series of specials or a one-off or something. Even yeah. recently, if you look at it, like we had that Detectorist special the other year, which was after yep. a couple of years of it being away. The Doctor Who specials are after a while of it being away. You've got um, Ghosts this year, which will serve as the when the season's finished, it will be the final, final ghost thing is the yeah. Christmas special. And uh, and God knows how many Only Fools and Horses ones, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, not, um, Only Fools and Horses, I like to bring it up, One Foot in the Grave, um, Mrs. Brown's yeah. Boys. I Don't yeah. ever mention that again. I, <laughs> one time. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know which one. <laughs> I think, well, I think in America, the you, you show shows to earn advertising money. True. So they, they do that during regular yeah. weeks. And I think at Christmas, the idea is that not as many people are watching TV. Um, yeah. I mean, but what they do show all day is NFL. So I wonder <laughs> if there's a little bit of... The, the, the holiday Even tradition is watching NFL. So they have NFL games on Christmas Day. Yeah. Um, so they just don't... Yeah. Whereas I think in the UK, maybe like the BBC looking for the biggest ratings of the year. Um well- I think it's also slightly different because in 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 the US and in a lot of other countries as well, not everything stops. In the UK, pretty much everything mm. stops. You know what I mean? Yeah. In in the US, it's it's you know they, it will be reduced, but you know there will still be plenty of places open. You know what yeah. I mean? That's the thing. Christmas night, I think the reason they put something big on is because most people have had a Christmas lunch. Yeah. Either, and they've gone back to their houses or their uh, things, and they're just like put TV on. Don't, yeah, don't want to do too much. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it is a big night to put your main stuff on. Yeah, That's right. I'll, I'll do the sign off then. So um, we will be back very soon with uh, more episodes and probably a Christmas special. Uh, we will also have end of the year specials as well. Um, as well as a sum up of uh, 2023 once we pass the New Year's. Until then, um, it just remains for me to say I've been Matthew Wynn. I've been joined by a happy Hodgkinson. Bye, Aziz. And a Merry Jones. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs> that is the most neutral goodbye I've ever heard. Bye. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you've enjoyed this, please check out the Culture Chronicles by our friend Khan. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.